Welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more messages and resources, please visit allpeoples.com or download our free All People's Church app. Happy New Year. Well, if that worship was any indication of how the year is going to go, I think we're in for a good 2017. What do you think? (laughs) Thank you so much for spending New Year's Day with us. I'm Kendall. I'm our executive pastor here at All People's Church. And Robert and Stephanie are uh, away on vacation today. They'll be back next week getting some much-needed rest. And we have a fresh word as well, so you can pray for them. And we're going to hop in this morning, but I want to start with a story. Are you ready? In the 1970s, a little-known science fiction nerd who had an affinity for Japanese silent ninja movies, okay, started writing a story. And this story uh, was about an outer space farm boy, lived on a planet in the middle of nowhere, and he starts, he starts flying across the galaxy, science fiction, of course, fighting an evil empire. Total nerd stuff, Okay. The story um, is about your typical battle of good versus evil set in outer space. And as he began to develop this story, this, this author, he gave it a name that he thought would give it the most mass appeal possible. Like, this is going to be the name that's really going to draw people into my science fiction, intergalactic, farm boy fighting story. And so he called it this. The Adventures of Luke Starkiller, as taken from the Journal of the Wills, Saga 1. That's a terrible name. Well, as you might know by now, Luke Star Killer became Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and the Journal of the Wills, I have to look at my notes, I can't even remember it. Journal of the Wills Saga 1 became Star Wars, A New Hope. And that's, that story resonates with so many people, right? I mean, you think about a story about robots and flying across the universe and this mysterious power called the force. It's, it's pretty out there, you know, science fiction, not everybody's favorite. But there's something about that story that resonates with so many people. Uh, and I want to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to share some Star Wars jokes for you, okay? Who here has seen the new Star Wars movie? Come on, it's church, you be honest. All right, thank you. All right, here's one. Which website did Chewbacca get arrested for creating? Which website did Chewbacca get arrested for creating? Of course, it's WookieLeaks, okay? This one's easier. Why did Anakin Skywalker cross the road? To get to the dark side. Austin got it, and it's their wedding anniversary. Austin and Britt right there. All right. Okay, back to the message. Um, I didn't plant that. He actually got that. Okay, just so you know. Star Wars, A New Hope, people love A New Hope. People need A New Hope. And that's the reason that that series appeals to so many people. The Force is kind of cool. I like the lightsabers. But really, it's this concept of hope. If you've seen the most recent one, it's all about hope. A revolution is built on hope. That's the big phrase. And I won't ruin it for you, but that's the phrase that they use. And today I want to speak to you from the subject, A New Year, A New Hope. A new year, a new hope. Are you ready for some new hope this year? Seems like every time I get on Facebook, someone is telling me how to spend my new year. Do this health challenge. Apply these oils. 
join this group, attend my event, do my book club. People are, are always looking towards the new year with the desire to be transformed, hope for their life, hope for change, hope for something different. And I think sometimes uh, we, because we know that most resolutions fail in the first week, we can kind of scoff at that. Oh, New Year's resolutions, I don't need that. I'm just going to live my life. Or, you know, people say these different things. But the thing I want to say to you is this desire for a new hope in a new year, this is a God-given desire. This is something that God put in our hearts. And God actually affirmed it. He affirmed it in the Bible. The, the thing about the Old Testament, and it's the history of the people of Israel. And one of the things that you get into as you read the Old Testament is you see their cycles of life. You see the seasons that God established for them so that they could experience all that he wanted to, all that he wanted them to in a year. And one of the things that God set up was a festival at the beginning of each year. They call that Rosh Hashanah. And that literally means head of the year. The head of the year. So New Year's Day and New Year's Eve was God's idea. Are you with me? God wants us to have a new hope in the new year. And this was a time when the people of Israel, they would gather. They would pray. They would eat. They would party. They would greet one another. And, you know, here in America, we say Happy New Year, or you say it in whatever your language is. They would say it in Hebrew. And so they had this special greeting that they would say on the New Year's Day, Shana Tova. So turn to your neighbor, Shana Tova. Come on, let's say Happy New Year in Hebrew. It's always really dangerous in church to tell people to use another language because inevitably in the guest cafe, someone's going to tell me I did that wrong. But I did research it on the, the source YouTube, a very uh, highly regarded academic source. So anyway, Shana Tova, Happy New Year. And I want to speak to you this morning on three hopes that you can have in this new year. Three hopes that you can have in this new year. Let's look at this festival of the head of the year in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 23. I know you were expecting a sermon from Leviticus this morning. Let's look there together. This is the New Living Translation. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. So again, this is God's idea, this idea of a festival at the beginning of a year, a new year. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you're to observe a day of complete rest. It will be an official day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with the loud blasts of a trumpet. You must not do any ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, be careful to celebrate the day of atonement on the 10th day of the same month, nine days after the festival of the trumpets. Okay, let me explain this. On the first day of the first month, at the beginning of the year, there's a special festival, the head of the year. In the Hebrew calendar, this happens in October because it's the end of harvest time. They were on an agrarian calendar. We're on a different calendar here. That's why we're talking about the new year in January. But it's still going to be good, I promise. This was a time for the new year. And I'm not quite sure how this idea of the trumpet blast got started. Maybe it was because everyone was up from the night before and they needed to wake up. But I have a different idea, which I'll propose to you in a minute. But this time for the new year, it was marked by a trumpet blast. And this first day marked a new season in the life of that nation, in the life of the people of God. And then there was this 10-day period after the new year until another high holy day in the Hebrew calendar, what they call the Day of Atonement. And this is the day where they celebrate the forgiveness that God gives them for their sins. So this is a special period here. 
in between the new year and the day of atonement in the Hebrew calendar. Uh, Just a little history backstory this morning, but my first point is we have one, uh, my first new point, my first new hope we have at this new year is a new word. God wants to give us a new word at the beginning of each year. Amen? So let's read uh, verse 24 again. It will be an official day for Holy Assembly, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. Okay, here's one of the things we see in the symbology of the Bible. Every time you see a trumpet in the Bible, it typically is symbolic or prophetic of the voice of God. Trumpets in the Bible represent the voice of God. So, for example, Revelation 1.10 says this, It was in the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. So as the Apostle John, at the end of the Bible, he's talking about God's voice like a trumpet. Are you with me? So this idea of God's voice like a trumpet is very clear all throughout the scripture. Some even say that John, this was at the head of the year when he heard this. We don't know that for sure. But anyway, that's one of the symbols of scripture, God's voice being a trumpet. So a new year, we have a new hope for a new word from God. A new year is always a time when, when, when the leaders of this church will go away and seek God for a new word for our year. So you may remember those of you that were here last year, Pastor Robert went away and he prayed and he felt this word from God for our church family that this was going to be a year of breakthrough. 2016 was going to be a year of breakthrough. And as we've chronicled through the year, we've shared this word many, many times. And it's been amazing to see the different breakthroughs that God brought in our church family in 2016. And we always want to take a word from God seriously. So we pray about these things. We evaluate them according to Scripture. And then we try to live them out to the best of our ability. This kind of became my habit. Um, I believe in 2011 was, was the first time I really did this very seriously, but getting a word from God for the year. And um, I was actually at my in-laws' home and, uh, in Colleyville, Texas. Some of them are here this morning. And I just had a few minutes on New Year's Day to go on a walk and just listen to the Lord and ask him for a, a word for the year. And so I, I went on a walk by just a nice little lake. And I was by myself. And just as I was walking by the lake, I was just praying, listening to worship music, asking God to speak to me. And this phrase kept coming into my mind. Sound the alarm. Gather the people. Declare a fast and send them to the nations. And then I'd just keep walking, and I'd hear it again, almost like with every step. Sound the alarm, gather the people, declare a fast, send them to the nations. And God was just speaking to me, sound the alarm, gather the people, declare a fast, send them to the nations. Not audibly, but just in my heart. And as I'm meditating on this, God, what does this mean? What does it mean to, to send the people and gather them and send them to the nations? How are we gonna do that? And just very clearly, as I was praying in, my, in just my mind, God showed me an image of a bell. It's a bell, okay, that's kind of like an alarm. And so just as I was praying, and hey, you know, you pray how you want, I'll pray how I want. But anyway, I was walking around, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pretend I'm hitting a bell. So I sound the alarm. And then all of a sudden, I heard this, I thought, okay, I've gone too far. I'm either about to die or go to heaven like Enoch. There's no middle grounds. But then I heard a voice. The voice said this. This has been a test of the tornado warning system. (laughs) An interesting confirmation. As Robert was away on his personal retreat that year, he had had a similar sense from the Lord that we were to have a fast of 12 days for God to create a movement out of this church to send the people to the nations. 
It was amazing how God spoke such a clear word at the beginning of the year, and it's a funny story. But a few years later, I remember I was in my apartment just seeking God for, for, the, for the year to come, just praying, asking God for a word, and I, I just wrote it down in my journal. The only thing that came to mind was just this one word, Francis. Just this one word, the word Francis. Francis is the word for your year. I thought, okay, well, I looked up, looked up the definition of Francis. It means Frenchman. So I thought, I could pray for some Frenchmen. So I started praying for France that year. What was really interesting, we're at the last minute, about a month later, that Francis Chan accepted our invitation to speak at World Mandate West. So I, was, I could tell that God was doing something. So I started to pray for him. I started to pray for that gathering. It was a significant gathering in the life of our church. And just began to pray for Frenchmen. I don't know. Just kind of meditated on that word. Rather, I read some books by St. Francis. You know, did what I could to respond to it. But then I was very surprised when that summer, the Pope stepped down. And a new guy was elected, an iconoclast, that wanted to be a healer, that wanted to serve the poor. And he chose the name Pope Francis. Another interesting confirmation, probably one of the most prominent leaders in Christendom. So God gave me a prayer assignment to, to pray for him. And that was just the journey I went on this year, that year, was just praying that word in and just meditating on it. God did different things in my heart. Isn't that amazing? God could just speak something like that out of the blue. Well, I want you to have a, a hope for your year, that God would give you a word for your year, a word for our church, a word for your family. John 6, 63 says this. This is the words of Jesus. My words are spirit and they are life. My words are spirit and their life. You can trust as you come to Jesus and ask for a word for this year that he's gonna, he's gonna do something. It's gonna be spirit. It's probably not gonna be an audible voice. It's gonna be the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart through the word, through the scriptures, maybe through an impression or a dream. But there's gonna be life giving to you. And that's gonna be your source of life this year. So can I give you a challenge? Just spend some time this week believing for a word from God. If you don't know what to do, try to find somebody that looks like they do and get with them. <laughs> but pray, listen to worship music, dedicate some time in faith, and just believe God to speak to you. You know, I find when I give God space, he fills it. Let's believe for him to speak to us a new word in this new year. That's the first new hope we have, a new word from God. Okay, here's the second reason we have a new hope in the new year. We have a chance to renew our worship. We have a chance to renew our worship. I think some people renewed their worship already this morning. Enough said. We have a chance to renew our worship. As we can see, it's very biblical. It's God-ordained for people to desire a new hope, to desire a new revelation at the beginning of each year. And God's put this in our hearts as humans. But one of the things that concerns me in our culture, just regarding the New Year's resolutions and the goals people make for themselves, is most of the time... People are making goals for themselves to improve themselves with their own self-strength. Right? Like, and that's not a bad thing. Strategic planning is good. Working hard is good. Goal setting is good. I, that's kind of one of my primary jobs on our staff is helping our staff do that and hold, hold people accountable to different things. But personal transformation that comes from your own strength must be maintained by your own strength. You follow? Some people call that white-knuckling it. <laughs> Personal transformation that comes from your own strength is maintained by your own strength. And you guys look good today, but we're none of us are that strong. <laughs> we're weak. We're fallen. We're broken. That's why we need Jesus. Amen? We've got to renew our worship. There, 
There's a few things we see in this story, this Leviticus passage about the head of the year, where God was calling the Hebrew people to renew their worship. They stopped ordinary work. They called a sacred assembly. They made a worshipful offering to God. Numbers 29, it's a different version of the same ceremony. It describes it this way. On the first day of the seventh month, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. It is a day for you to sound the trumpets. As an aroma pleasing to the Lord, offer a burnt offering of one bull, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. This is speaking of pure and focused worship that God wants from us at the beginning of the year. That's how God wants us to respond to the new year. Renewing our worship. We have a hope to renew our worship. There's a guy in the Old Testament. We're spending a lot of time in the Old Testament this morning. It's a very short story. But it's a story that's really gripped me in the past few months. It's about a guy named Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom was not really someone that should have been famous. Um, He didn't live in an important city. He lived kind of on a road. He lived outside of Jerusalem. He didn't live in the city of God. His name means worshiper of Edom. Not really a good name. Not like worshiper of God or Jehovah or something like that. Most people think he was an Edomite, a foreigner. So he wasn't one of God's chosen people. And we don't really know what his job was, but there's no indication that he did any meaningful work with his life. But there's this story in the Bible where King David, the leader of Israel, he needs to put something somewhere. And the something he needs to store is the Ark of the Covenant. And if you're familiar with the history of the people of Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was a sacred object where God's presence dwelt among his people. Now, here, we have the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts, the presence of Jesus in the here and now. But prior to the Holy Spirit coming to the earth and filling us as believers, God would dwell in a place. He would dwell in a location. He would dwell amongst the people. That's why they had the temple in the Old Testament. And in that temple, God's presence would rest on the Ark of the Covenant. And David needed somewhere to put the Ark of the Covenant. You see, when God's around, people have to clean up their act. And there were some things going around on the Ark of the Covenant that made David nervous. They made him scared. He didn't know what to do with it. And so he thought, where can I put this thing? And he found this guy, Obed-Edom. He found his house. And it says this in 1 Chronicles 13, verse 14. See, the Ark of God comes to Obed-Edom's house. And it says, the Ark of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And then I love this. The Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. The Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Let me just rephrase it maybe for our own frame of mind today. The presence of God remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he owned. Do you know that his presence changes everything? Changes everything. God isn't restricted to a service on a morning or a Bible study at the beginning of your day. He wants with his presence to transform every area of your life. And unapologetically, I want to tell you this morning that our God is a God who blesses and he wants to bless everything that you own. But you must make his presence central in your life, central in your home, and central in your heart. Amen? That's what it means to renew your worship. And and what we see in the life of Obed-Edom is he did get blessed. And God did bless all that he owned. He got a new job. He became the doorkeeper of the temple of God. Pretty good job. He moved into a new home. He got to move to Jerusalem. He had new sons. God grew his family. There's a whole list of his sons in the Bible, all serving God. 
Some church historians even suggest that it was Obed-Edom who wrote the famous passage in Psalm 84, verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. His presence changes everything. We have a chance to renew our worship here at the beginning of the year, renew our focus on the presence of God, and allow him to touch and transform our lives and ever before. If you want it, to say, I want it. <laughs> yeah, there was a group of people in the 1700s, and they got together on New Year's Day, and they said, we're going to renew our worship. We've been trying to follow God and do our best, but we're going we're gonna to renew our worship. So they gathered in a little warehouse they got her in a little warehouse in London, England. And they said, you know what? New Year's Day is a, is a day we're going to dedicate to God. So we're going to pray all day. We're going to pray all night. We're going to pray until something good happens. Because his presence changes everything. And this is what they wrote. About 3 o'clock in the morning, as we were continuing in prayer, the power of God came mightily upon us. And so much that many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. As soon as we were recovered a little from that awe and amazement at the presence of his majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. There were three people present at that meeting, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, and George Whitfield. And they changed the face of a generation by preaching the gospel to thousands of people. You know, later in George Whitfield's life, they said that over one-third of every person in the American colonies had heard him preach. This church today is influenced by the theology and the teaching of Wesleyans and people like Whitfield. Their impact was amazing because they gathered together at the beginning of the year and they said, we're going to renew our worship because we believe that his presence changes everything. Amen? Great. So that's the second hope we have in a new year. We have a hope to renew our worship. Here's our third hope we have at the beginning of a year. We have a new hope for a new heart. A new hope for a new heart. You know, as we discussed at the beginning of this Jewish festival, the head of the year, there was this 10-day period between the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah, and the Day of Atonement, which was the day the Israelites asked God to forgive their sins. There's a 10-day period. I love in the rabbinical tradition, in the Jewish tradition, what they would call this 10-day period. They'd call it the Days of Awe. I think that's amazing. Hashtag that, somebody. The days of awe. They just wanted to, to start their year being awe of God. Just looking at God and having him transform them in awe of his majesty. And these days of awe were days of worship. But they were also days of repentance. You see, these are the days when they would, they would look towards the year behind them before they looked ahead of them. And they'd say, what do I need to leave behind? Where's my baggage? Where's my grief? Where's my despair? Where's my bitterness? How can I deal with that during these 10 days so my heart is clean and I'm prepared for this day of atonement to be a person that's holy and dedicated to God? And the rabbis, if you look into the teachings, they had a very interesting belief during this time. I'm going to try to show you some scriptures to, to kind of point to it, but just listen to the story. They believe that during this 10-day period, that God was looking down from heaven in a special way, that there was a special anointing. And what they taught during this time was that God had a book of each person's life. And this book of remembrance had been kept from the year behind. And during this time was a time where God was writing new things in the book or erasing wickedness as the people would repent. 
Malachi 3, verse 16 says this. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. Psalm 139, 16 says this. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Whether it's literal or symbolic, it really doesn't matter. But in God's heart, there's a book. And it's the book of your life. And I believe here at the beginning of the year, there's an opportunity for him to rewrite your story. My wife and I have a a good friend named Jess. She's part of this church. and uh, My wife, before before we had our kids, uh, she worked at Rady Children's Hospital here in San Diego. And um, she she met this, this woman. Jess, and, and Jess was just such a great friend and such a hopeful person to work with. Uh, from the beginning of Jess's job interview, my wife said, there's something special about this woman. There's something special. God's doing something in her heart. And of course, then we learned she was an atheist. <laughs> and so we thought, okay, we're agnostic. She was in there. And okay, God, you have a special plan for this, this woman. And, you know, we did our best to befriend her. We reached out to her. My wife encouraged her, prayed for her, shared different things with her. I remember one night us going with her to a karaoke bar. She was working out in Chula Vista to sing. I sang a Johnny Cash song, which I won't sing for you now. But we were reaching out to her. We were trying to get in her world. Remember, this hope is about a new heart at the new year. And I'll never forget the New Year's Day. I don't remember if she called or texted us. But she said, I came to your church. I came to All People's Church today on New Year's Day because I wanted to dedicate this year to God and give Jesus my heart and be saved on New Year's Day. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, during these 10 days, during these days of awe, these days of repentance, the belief was your story could be rewritten. What God might rewrite in your story? if you dedicated your heart to him in a fresh way here at the beginning of the year. Isaiah 43, verse 25 says this. This is the God speaking. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. You know, whatever you went through in the past year, I believe that God wants to blot out those transgressions this morning. He wants to blot out the things that have been done to you, the things you've been done, it's a morning for a fresh start, a fresh start in the grace of God. Maybe to look at a New Testament passage, so you just don't think we're an Old Testament church this morning. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 19, a favorite scripture. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I just want to believe for every person here in this church, for every soul, that this would be a time of refreshing. But I know for a lot of us, there's, there's things we do need to leave behind. So we're going to have an opportunity to do that at the end of the service. We don't necessarily know what the new year will hold, but we do know that our, if our hearts are right with God, we can handle anything. Three hopes for the new year. A new word, renewed worship, and a new heart. Our band's going to come up. It's a shorter message this morning because we have some, want to have some time to worship. But before we do that, I want to just share some individual words that were on my heart, maybe for some people here. As I was praying this morning for our church family, I really felt that this was going to be a year for grace, for people that would call themselves creative, for people that would say, I'm involved in media. 
I'm involved in the arts. I'm involved in entrepreneurship. And the word I felt for you this morning was the word renaissance, that you're coming into your own this year, that God's blessing is going to come upon your creative work, and you're going to be able to see him do amazing things. And so if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. Will you stand up, please? Yeah, we just want to put our hand next to you and pray for you. If that word applies to you, you want that to apply to you, that's fine. You can take it. Great. A lot of, a lot of people in here, of course, a lot of friends of mine. Yeah, put your hand on somebody next to them. Just pray a blessing over the gifts and talents that God's given them. Pray that this year would be their renaissance, that this would be a great year of revival in their life and the gifts that God's given them, that we would be a creative church that's involved in recreating our city that's involved in recreating our world in every sphere of society. You know, it's a little different response today. Lord, would you bless every creative endeavor. Lord, everything you put in our hearts, Lord. Thank you that you give us the desires of our heart. Thank you for the testimony in the Old Testament of you filling people with creative wisdom to create. We pray that you would do that for these leaders in our church. We take this word in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and just as we transition, I wanna, I wanna close just with an image that God put in my heart. Just as we were worshiping this morning, we were worshiping this morning, just praying, I just, in my heart I had this, almost this experience where it was like I was standing on wet cement. What I felt God was saying was, this wet cement is like the church. You've been laying this cement for years. Many of you have been cement layers with us (laughs) here. You've been working hard to see this church established. And I moved off just my boots right here and I could see some foot marks from where I've been. And just in my imagination, it was almost like I kicked it, and it was hard. And that's what the Lord was saying, that something's been laid. And I thought, oh, amazing, the foundation of our church has been laid. And then I thought, maybe this is the foundation for a building, or I was thinking about different things. But then just in my imagination, I just kind of continued with what God was speaking to me. This is like one of the biblical experiences. You hear people say, the Holy Spirit said, or the word of the Lord came, something like that. And I looked up, and it wasn't a foundation I was sitting on, but a road. And then the road parted ways to different callings, to different nations. And I just felt the Lord was saying this morning that I've laid the path for people to start walking out their callings. And I just feel at the end of this message that there's some people where maybe like me in that vision, you're just kind of stuck been knowing God wants you to take a step of faith, a step of obedience, a step into greatness, a step into what, something that he has for you. But you just aren't sure if you take the next step, if the ground will be solid. And I want you to know that God has laid a solid path 
a highway of holiness for you, a, a straight place in the desert, where a place where you can move forward into the calling that he has for you. And so we're not going to have a prayer team this morning, but if that word applies to you, you're like, okay, I've been waiting a year. I know God put some stuff in my heart. I have not obeyed. But God, you're giving me another chance this morning. I am going to obey. I am going to step out. I'm going to make a practical change in my life. I'm not just looking for a good altar call. We had all kinds of people up here earlier. That's not my goal, okay? What I'm looking for are the people that this word applies to, that you might say, hey, I'm taking a step forward because God's put a dream in my heart, and this is my first step of faith of a year of walking. Amen? So let's stand up, and as these people come forward, yeah, let's just be praying for them. If that word applies to you, just come to the front. We're going to pray for you. As these different ones are responding, of course, I want to give a people an opportunity to meet Jesus. And we told you the story of our friend who on New Year's Day said, this is my day. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. Well, guess what? This could be your day. This is your day. So right now, if you're someone that's saying, I want to dedicate my year to God, I'm wanting to give my heart to Jesus. I've never really given in all. I've never gone all in with him. I want to encourage you to repeat this prayer after me. You can just pray after me right now, just under your voice. Everyone else is responding to God. Nobody's looking at you. You can just say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give it all to you. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Set me free from the power of the devil. Fill my heart with your dreams. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe in your resurrection. And I believe that because of your forgiveness, I will be with you in heaven. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out or anything, but would you just wave at me real quick? It's all over this room. Thank you. I see that hand. Who else? Thank you. Father, we pray for everyone giving their life to you this morning. We pray a special blessing on this year. May them be the best year of their lives. A year better than ever. Lord, fill them with your spirit. Fill them with new life right now. Fill them with confidence in what you did on the cross for them. In Jesus' name, amen going to be an amazing year at All People's Church. Thank you for responding. Let's spend our last few minutes just worshiping, just thanking God. We have about five minutes. Great.